Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. OutKick 360 is underway from 6th and Peabody. Nashville's where we're broadcasting from each and every day with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Chad Withrow attending uh, to some family things today. He will... Rejoin us later this week. Big show plan. John McClain will join us in an hour where uh, we'll get the very latest on all of the NFL headlines beyond roster cuts. Today, a, a massive day where the deadline is coming up in an hour. In 60 minutes, every team's got to be down to 53 players from 80 to 53. And some are already being reported uh, across the, the Twitter the Twitter fear, Twitter Twitterverse or whatever you want to call Twitter-verse. it, Paul. It's uh, it is uh, a busy day, and we're here for it. This is this is another vindicating day for the draft analysts, in my opinion, because they spend all this time hyping up who is you know worthy of a certain grade, and if they're not drafted, then they send out the the, the list of top uh, top available undrafted. If those guys latch on to a to a roster, I want to know which draft analysts were on those guys. Also, you've got guys who uh, they say were bad picks um, yeah. last year or the year before how, yeah. getting cut. And I think there's a, a lot of activity going on right now where teams are less likely to hold on to a bust to say, we got to give this guy every chance. And more likely, in the case of Alex Leatherwood, being cut by the Raiders to say it's just not working. We don't see it. We got to get out from under it. Well, not only that, but out from under the previous regime. Yeah, we're seeing that in Minnesota. Minnesota has they they've cut multiple draft picks from last year off that off that roster. I've seen um, it in Houston. Houston, uh, Ross Blacklock is now traded, traded to Minnesota. But he, he's a good player. And a second-round pick. And, and that a, a, a roster without a lot of talent, just on regime change, and it's not GM change even, is is making a move there. It seems crazy. Yeah, and we've, we've seen trades. We're going to hit on the trades in a moment as well. Here are the roster cuts of note, and, and uh, Davey Hudson sent this to me in alphabetical order, so there's no rhyme or reason. Where's it from? To, uh, well, it's just various reports. Okay. Uh, Trace McSorley, uh, backup quarterback in Arizona. He played, played well on Saturday night. He played night. well. So Colt McCoy has been banged up, and Cliff Kingsbury was asked if McCoy was going to be available for practice after they get back from Nashville and he indicated that that he he thought that that McCoy was going to be back to practice as the backup um, moving forward. Monday's the big day. So most teams are going to practice Monday and then Wednesday. So Wednesday, really the key day in terms of a, a practice week for your opener. I I was helping out just a 
background. I was helping out with the Arizona Cardinals television broadcast on Saturday here in Nashville. Their whole broadcast was centered around whether or not McSorley was going to play well enough to make the roster. And he did he play played well. well. But apparently not well enough, or he's going to clear waivers and he'll be back on the, the practice squad. 24 hours here, for those not familiar, 24 hours to clear waivers. Even, I think 12 o'clock tomorrow. Oh, so it is, yeah. yeah so it's a little quicker turnaround. By noon tomorrow, if you uh, are unclaimed, not every player is is uh, So vested veterans are free agents right away. Right. Non-vested veterans, so if you haven't played four years in the league, you go through the waivers. And process. so McSorley could easily be back on the practice squad, 16-man practice squad. And you can protect four players on your practice squad. Six of those sixteen can have any length of career possible. Experience. It doesn't matter. Uh, there's there's no uh, rhyme or reason to who you want to add as long as you uh, on those six. It's less than three years accrued, right, for the rest of the the group. I think so. The yeah. other ten, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they have gone through a number of different wide receivers, taking looks. Geronimo Allison, former Green Bay Packer, he's been cut. Alden Tate, also cut. Uh, Anthony Ferkser, former Tennessee Titans, tight end. Number one tight end here a year ago is not good enough to be the number two tight end in Atlanta with his former coach in Arthur Smith. That's that does not bode well for him at all. The Buffalo Bills uh, letting go O.J. Howard. Um, and he was thought to be in a really good spot there when he first signed. Tight end O.J. Howard, um, who initially is in Tampa Bay, never really a lot of banged up. I believe he had some soft tissue injuries. Um, never really caught on, and then could not catch on in Buffalo either. Duke Johnson, a running back, is also out. Dawson Knox, their number one guy, obviously. But you would have thought there's room for OJ Howard beyond him, and obviously didn't have a great camp. The Cleveland Browns uh, let uh, loose uh, Josh Rosen. No shocker here, right? The big news out of Cleveland is that today is day number one of the suspension of Deshaun Watson. He's officially on the suspended list. He can return um, on October the 10th to the practice facility in Cleveland. He returns to practice on November 14th. So he can be in meetings starting October 10th, work out, do some other things, I'm sure. He cannot be on the practice field with the Browns until November 14th. He could return to play on December the 4th in Houston. The Cowboys cut both quarterbacks, both backup quarterbacks, not Dak Prescott. Um, Denuzzi. Uh, they let go of Cooper Rush and Will Greer. So uh, they, right now, uh, uh, based on the depth chart I saw. And they cut another quarterback in the last round of cuts. Yeah, so they're either going to be looking on the waiver wire or they're going to rush through some, some other uh, options here. Also, Alec Lindstrom, one of their uh, backup offensive linemen, is not making the roster. You can also, Paul. in some cases, there's one team that cut a kicker and is kickerless. I can't remember who that was. Carolina did that one but year. But what you can be doing right now is, like with that kicker, you can just be saying, hey, we got to get an injured guy on our initial 53, go through noon tomorrow, then we're going to put him on IR and we'll bring you right back. You could have handshake deals like that with people to facilitate your roster manipulation that you need to make. Jacksonville right now is doing that. Yeah. With their, their kicker uh, uh, currently. They're cu currently kickerless. That will not be the case. Uh, neither will it be the case for a punterless uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills team. Uh, the Houston Texans uh, cut Marlon Mack. That means that rookie tailback Damian Pierce is not only the number one back 
I mean, he is the featured tailback in their offense. He's been terrific for them, and they're not being ridiculous with that the way they are with some defenders who got caught or traded today. Yeah, they're they're parting ways uh, with Ross Blacklock. They're sending him to Minnesota. Uh, I haven't seen the the terms. That's a second-round pick from two years ago. Yeah. So uh, Philip Lindsay uh, let go by the Colts. He was with Houston last year by way of Denver. Uh, surprising there. Many in Indy are surprised that they let Lindsay go out of the backfield. One point I wanted to make that I'm echoing Mike Herndon, who writes for my site, but he, he raised a very good point that special teams ace is thrown around far too much right now with guys who get cut. Matthew Slater of the Patriots, he is a special teams ace. Guys who are getting cut today, for the most part, who are called special teams ace, what it means is not good enough to play offense or defense, but can run and tackle. Uh, they're not. Yeah. If they're special teams ace, there's probably room for them on their team. This is somebody pumping up a guy uh, who, who got cut to give him a complimentary send-off. I'm so don't mistake too, a guy who's a really good special teamer with a guy who's available today. I'm noticing, too, a lot more running backs and wide receivers on special teams now, on coverage teams. You like, there's. You're still gonna have your. You can run the gambit with uh, with safeties and, and linebackers. linebackers, but I am seeing in the preseason more and more running backs and wide receivers catching on rosters for their special teams on coverage units, not on returns. That's interesting because, uh, uh, and I agree with you. Generally Hassan speaking, Haskins is covering kicks yeah. for the Titans. But as I broke down Titans roster, I went defensive heavy because they've got a lot of defensive backs that I think are better than the fringe offensive players on their initial 53 which will be finalized here in an hour and 50 minutes I wouldn't be surprised if they were a little defensive heavy initially because I think they're and and by the way I think their roster is good but when I got to 51 52 53 I had a hard time finding guys that I thought were worthy of being on a, an NFL roster so they might be better deeper you know in the 40s and such their last couple players to me they're a churn team so still here Here's a team that I feel like is very deep, and we touched on them yesterday. I I think they're still in the mix to be among seeds like five, uh, four, five, or six in the NFC because I think the Rams are winning the division. But the San Francisco 49ers, here's who they cut. Wide receiver Marcus Johnson, who is a – he's an active, serviceable piece who plays a role for you in your offense. Injury but is also, also a, uh, a special teams guy. Wide receiver Willie Sneed who's just a veteran wideout who, again, plays that same role. Defensive lineman Robert Kimdichie, who's been an NFL journeyman at this point, but certainly comes into the league uh, from, from Ole Miss with a lot uh, on, on his resume. And Darquez Denard, corner, is also cut by San Francisco. Th- those are names that have been locks on rosters of years past that they're cutting today That's pretty good four, uh, off their 53. Logan Ryan, one of the cuts in Tampa Bay today veteran corner he's listed as a corner he's a safety and I think that's the issue here is how many safeties were Tampa was Tampa going to keep he's exclusively playing safety for Tampa and that's why I brought it up with him when he joined us watching him in the joint practice I didn't see him line up at corner unless it was one-on-one on the outside yeah, and he's in not one-on-one be, drills he's not going to be a special teamer uh, if if at all he's, he's going to be a one-unit guy. He's, the running is not his thing right. at, at this stage 
But so, there, there's a role for him because he's probably going to a young team that needs a, a veteran guy to help lead a defensive backfield, which probably isn't a very good team. Yeah, or a team that's looking for a fifth or sixth defensive back package that's not really tidy yet, and that's one of them's right here in Nashville. They Robinson's made two trades, cut one of them because it was just a conditional trade Tyree Gillespie uh, and uh, Ugo Amadi who was traded twice in 10 days ends up in Nashville as well they are looking for the extra defensive back for the f- the five or six defensive back package and they've been churning the water trying to find one and it, clearly it's not AJ Moore who they signed from Indianapolis well, this seems like, and he's been unavailable lately but it seems to me like he's strictly a special teamer when he's around I'd be surprised if he's uh, – maybe he ends up on a IR. I don't know what's going on with him injury-wise, but I'd be surprised to see him play much defense if, if he's here. The other thing to, to note about Logan, Logan's going, Logan Ryan's going into year 10, which means he's a, clearly a vested vet. He does not have to clear waivers. So he now gets to pick and choose. He could also re-sign in Tampa for a lesser amount. Like In, in essence, take a pay cut and, and jump back on the roster um, after week one when you're – Salary's not fully locked in. So you're week-to-week pay. You're a week-to-week vet instead of getting your money up front and locked in on the week one roster. He's also very happy to be in Tampa where he's he's got a home and his family is, is settling. So, I, you know, I could see potential where he says, uh, I'll hang it up or I'll be here if the Bucks need me when they need me. Um, but, you know, do I want to go play in Seattle? Maybe not. Right, yeah. Uh, and I, I think there we could easily see him on the Bucks in Week Two instead of Week One uh, the, on September 10th when rosters lock in, which was the date that Jimmy Garoppolo's salary was going to become guaranteed. Right when they restructured that, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. For those that were uh, questioning how they would split reps now after the preseason, he told reporters in the locker room ahead of practice he's taking the first team reps today for Pittsburgh. So. Telling. Yeah, that and the fact that he's willing to just put that out there, to me says he's been told. Everybody's doing some install today for their opener. At first practice, when you go out with fifty-three, uh, because you don't have your practice squad intact yet, so you're not doing all that much. It's a glorified walkthrough. Um, tomorrow is when you to... actually have the the full team ready to go into week one, yeah. and then you hit the weekend. You have the weekend off, right? Yeah. You practice maybe Thursday. The, the Titans will practice through Thursday. But I think Friday, Saturday, Sunday mandated off. Um, so you're working on some some something specific about your upcoming opponent or cleaning something up that's been a, a, a final issue for you. And, and finally, just on the, the roster cuts, one guy who remains on the roster I find remarkable. He's not on a list or a designation yet. And again, we've got 45 minutes to determine it but we're, we'll be paying attention, is, is Brian Robinson. He was shot twice this past weekend. He remains on the 53-man roster in Washington. I'm not saying he's getting cut, but you can go to IR. And uh, that's very telling that he remains on the active 53 and a great sign for Washington and for Robinson, of course. So that would tell you they think he's going to be available within the first four weeks. Yeah. There was a there was it Ohio State. Who am I thinking of, Davey? The guy that was he was shot in the face. Um, I believe an undrafted player. Fifty days later, came back and played college football. Last year, or the year prior, um, crazy. Uh, 
when you when I see these stories and the guys are back on the football field, you know, a month later, it's nuts. Robinson can be one of them, and he's certainly overcome a lot throughout his background uh, with a with a, an option to. Say again? Uh, Haskell Garrett. Garrett. That's it, yeah. Who was here, yeah. I think. Yeah, he was here uh, in as Nashville. A, as a Titan uh, undrafted. played for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Coming up, uh, NFL News Notes headlines. We will start with the strange case of Jimmy Garoppolo by taking a look at a firsthand account from Peter King's uh, uh, weekly column where he takes a, a look at Football Morning in America from the lens of what it was like when he visited San Francisco without Jimmy G, when they told Jimmy G to stay away, not, not be in meetings. And I will compare that, which is 100% accurate, to what they did yesterday, which is mind-boggling, at least There's to me. also a very interesting snippet from Kevin Clark with Joe Montana from the Super Bowl that was pretty telling from a Joe Montana perspective. That's all coming up on Outkick 360. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience, a trusted partner who keeps us at Outkick 360 mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers supplements where you need them the most, your body. Vitalifescience.com is the website you can visit right now. This is where you can see more information. Our Outkick 360 season ticket holders, you receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Typical pills and capsules are not well absorbed. In fact, most are only absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for you to benefit from. But here's Aurora, unique cutting-edge nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensures greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I personally use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and glutathione from Aurora. Simple single-use package you can grab and go in the morning. They offer the larger containers as well for the, for the fridge. Aurora supplements absorbed in the bloodstream through the GI tract, and that ensures it's not wasted like a typical capsule or pill. Visit VitaLifeScience.com for more info, V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The big news yesterday was Jimmy Garoppolo is staying in San Francisco. And I, I was surprised. Paul, I don't know if you were. Only because of how open and honest they've been throughout this whole process, even after the, the postseason ended for San Francisco and the wrap-up press conference from Kyle Shanahan where it was just kind of like, yeah, we're going to – we'll talk things over with Garoppolo and – the process started going there on whether or not they were going to go with Lance or Garoppolo. And then soon after that, it was around the combine, whenever they started to make the comments like, it's going to be Trey Lance and we're going to we're going to trade Garoppolo. And then maybe a week or so after is whenever it was known he was going to have shoulder surgery. Well, that tacked on 14 weeks to this whole process where he didn't even start throwing until the start of July. 
And while he was doing that, he was doing that on his own. Peter King, this is from a couple of weeks ago, um, where he was visiting Santa Clara. And this is just straight from his uh, Good Morning uh, Football column from Pro Football Talk. So I asked Niners GM John John Lynch Sunday, what's the story with Jimmy Garoppolo? What's he been doing every day? From his office desk in the shadow of the 49ers stadium, Lynch craned his neck towards the picture window on the side of his office. He pointed to the far practice field where a solitary figure was working out and throwing footballs efficiently. Garoppolo, who quarterbacked this team to a win over Aaron Rodgers and the top-seeded Packers eight months ago, is a strange sight to behold these days. He works out, throws, and rehabs apart from his teammates, most often when they're inside in meetings. When the other 89 men on the San Francisco roster are practicing outside, Garoppolo is usually inside or on his way home. I heard he does not have a playbook, does not attend quarterback or team meetings, and barely knows new quarterback's coach Brian Greasy. That from Peter King, sitting in the office of the general manager, observing 49ers training camp. And yesterday, they restructured his contract and welcomed him back into the 89 mix, now the 53 mix, after sending him out. They excommunicated him from the whole team while Trey Lance ran things offensively. This is bizarre to me. Prodigal son. I thought for a time... The prodigal son comes back and plays, though. During the, the early offseason, um, that, that there would be a way for them to keep him and that it might be advantageous. But once the shoulder surgery thing happened, and when they came out and said they were trading him, I mean, there was no reason. <laughs> I know. No reason to think it. Um, Nate Sudfeld was the guy who was going to be the backup um, for Jimmy G. Nate Sudfeld just got cut today. So they went from a... Trey Lance, Nate Sudfeld, one-two punch. Now to a Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Brock Purdy has won the third spot. Um, and they're keeping three. So They've announced they're keeping three. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, in, the, in the tweets about um, Sudfeld getting cut, the indications are that they're so keeping Purdy. I'm, let's read between the lines there. Garoppolo's not ready. Well, also, I think they're giving themselves room. Look, they gave him a no-trade clause, but all a no-trade clause means is that you're going to have to agree to anything that comes up. So I've read some stuff that indicates you know, they're still leaving themselves room if something happens somewhere between now and the trade deadline that they could find a deal that they both like to, to get him somewhere. They couldn't find that now, and both sides decided it's not the best thing for him to be on the street. The Niners could benefit from having a good backup for a quarterback that they're not positive about um, and some some health insurance. Mm -hmm. And Garoppolo is better off, he thinks, being on their roster in a backup situation than being on the street when there's no clear team that wants him. Isn't it a little weird that like if, he's be if you're better off being together now, like based on the situation, don't you practice with the team? Don't you go through... Every, like, don't you? How much of it? Don't was, you act like you're rehab. a part of the team? You know, and uh, I thought you were a little extreme, but you were correct when you thought that they should bubble wrap him um, at the at the start of camp, so as to not uh, get him hurt because it would have guaranteed his twenty four point nine or whatever it was. Yeah, the injury. That's the thing. only circumstance where that number would have been locked in, and that's a giant number, obviously, for a number two quarterback. But the, the workout, and he's been fragile. The workout thing alone, though, like he's not in meetings. He doesn't have. He hasn't. 
Peter King just said he's he, not even sure if he's met the new quarterback coach. Yeah, and and that that, is I, I think it might have been later in this column, or it was somewhere where I read lately that uh, Lance said, like I. I get along pretty well with Nate and uh, and the other Purdy, guy, Brock Purdy. but I I don't really know uh, Jimmy. I I don't. We only cross paths once in a while. Well, like, this year. Yeah, right. As as of now, you know, like he was asked about the quarterback yeah, dynamic. Yeah, like what's he up to or whatever? Uh, the quarterback dynamic between the four of them. Um, so it's it's been strange circumstances for sure. Um, and the way quarterbacks move around and what the dynamic is with the, with the guy on the outside looking in has become, you know, potentially stranger than ever. But I think, I think they've done well by themselves. And somebody saw this coming. Somebody who didn't have great faith in Trey Lance coming out of last season. Kevin Clark retweeted this today. Kevin Clark, who does Slow News Day from The Ringer, retweeted this relatively short snippet with the great Joe Montana. Okay. And here's what Joe Montana, this is Kevin Clark's exchange with Joe Montana from this year's Super Bowl radio row. Chance is coming in. How do you view that situation? I think they keep Jimmy until you find somebody else. I don't think Trey's ready to play yet. Okay. As myself and after talking to some of the players, um, it's one of those things that, you know, if you can keep Jimmy healthy, he plays well enough to get you here. Whoa, pro Jimmy. You're pro Jimmy. I, I think I, for now, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> it's not pro Jimmy as much as he is anti-Trey Lance. And, you know, uh, Brent that, Favre said the same thing yeah, last week. And that's not been an unpopular sentiment. I mean, uh, and I, I haven't heard great reviews of Trey Lance coming out of there. During the offseason, we heard negative reviews. During the preseason, I've not heard anything, really. It's kind of been a flat line. But it hasn't been, oh, this organization's in great shape now with Trey Lance. I, that's not what I've heard. I've heard kind of silence about Trey Lance. You've done a better job keeping up with game by game. How much has he played and what's he well, done? Well, I mean, they, they, they've felt good about him to the point where they didn't even play him in the second preseason yeah, game against Minnesota. Sign. Um, and, and he led a long touchdown drive to open the preseason and included like a 70-yard pass that either scored or set up a, a short score on the opening possession of preseason game number one. I mean, he came out and ran the offense. And since then, it's been the battle of Sudfeld and Purdy. But it I've has also not been heard, anything regarding Trey Lance. I've also heard Shanahan say something, paraphrasing here, to the uh, basically saying like, we know we're going to take some lumps with this guy. And we're good enough to survive that. And that's basically how you have to go at this stage when you're making this kind of transition. And yeah. in the long run, we're going to be fine. In the short run, there may be some hurdles for us. And that's what we've taken on making this move. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that's, that's the right move based on what they've invested. And you, what you don't want is for it to turn into a Jordan Love situation over a quarterback that's no... Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. In terms of overall play. The guy wins. He's also available about 60% of the time. So you're going, if you're going to need Trey Lance, they didn't, he started two games last year due to uh, Jimmy G's ailments. If, if, if you're going to need him at some point, go ahead and start the engine and get it going. And it, it's not all on Trey Lance either. They've got a great talent mix around him. 
where they should be okay. I don't know much about their offensive line. I, I, like if you said it, I only know like one recognizable name to me. But the the offensive weapons around him, it's going to be hard for him to fall flat on his face. It, it's not going to be great every game, game in, game out. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't really winning games. He just wasn't losing games for them. Well, the system's so exceedingly friendly. Uh, yeah, I know one offensive lineman. Too. Well, no, Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey. So the, okay. ta- the tackles. But Aaron Banks, left guard, Jake Brendel, center, and Spencer Burford, a fourth-round pick, is the starting right guard. Um, so, yeah, but Brendan Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings is the three. Yeah, Kittle, uh, at, tight Kittle at tight end. And Elijah Mitchell um, as, the, as the predominant uh, running back. That, that's, that's awfully good. And and one of the better offensive minds in the game. I just it just doesn't make sense. Uh, if they cut him, they don't owe him anything, right? No, non guaranteed. Garoppolo. That yeah, Garoppolo. I'm talking about. Like, I don't know why you keep him around. It's going to end up like I know how the story ends. He's going to come off the bench and help them win a game. And but if you believe that, you don't treat him the way they treated him this off season. Well, I think think both sides expected the circumstances to be a lot different by the end of August than they were. And so then you revisit it. And all of a sudden, him as a $6.5 million backup looks a lot better for both sides. But you know that by July 31st when you start camp. I I think you think that somebody gets hurt somewhere. I do. But he's at least like you're not playing him in the preseason. So how how are you going to show another team that the guy's healthy if you're if you're hiding him? He's throwing on another field. Joint practice is going on against the Vikings. He's not on the practice field. No one media's not observing him. So like Yeah, it was strange. I'm it, not I'm it's, not it's gonna pretend it was like it, because I, I do agree, Paul. Like you said yesterday, he's there there will be a role for him and he's much better uh he's a much better backup than what they had. But if you it's and, one of the best my, backups in the league. In my line of thinking, like if you if that's the case and you're going into camp and you're the 49ers, I don't know why you excommunicate him from meetings and do all that. Like it was just a it's like a handshake agreement that we're gonna move you or you we're gonna cut you, just you know, you're here so you don't get fined. Right? Like that's that's how it was. And it ends up being a it just feels very it feels like a marriage, like an arranged marriage where both teams, uh, both sides of this are like, yeah, we we agreed to this because this is all we have. Right. Well, we don't have a better solution. You don't have a better solution. So let's do it. And the no trade clause, too, is interesting because now you, even though he only, <laughs> he's only making $6 million, he controls the whole trade process. This is Deshaun Watson minus the baggage. So if you actually have an offer from a terrible team that loses their quarterback, if Jimmy G doesn't want to go there, he can stay and not attend meetings and do the whole thing and get paid now. The, well, the, the no trade clause puts it in his court to where he controls where he goes. I don't know about not attending the meetings. I, I, I mean, if he if he chooses not to show up for stuff, he becomes a, a whole. Well, I'm saying the 49ers would treat him that way again because they already have. Oh, well, I mean, I think he's either with them or he's accepting a, a 
a trade that's mutually beneficial or he's, he's with them. See, I, I also, I, the third aspect of this is he's not fully healthy and they know it and he knows it, right? Like, and needs more time still. And there's trying to get something in return for him. But again, he's got the no trade clause. The, 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 the language of the contract benefits him. That, that was his win, is he still controls where he goes if he's traded. Hit us up on Twitter with your thoughts of this, at Outkick360. Paul, is there a team in the preseason that you changed your perception on them at all? I've got a couple. Maybe Pittsburgh a little bit. Yeah, they're one. Pittsburgh has uh, has played very well. Both quarterbacks looked very good. I think they're better than I thought they were, though I still have trouble getting them into the playoffs because the AFC is so stacked. I think the Bucks aren't as good as uh, I would have had them be because of the offensive line developments throughout the uh, throughout the the preseason. Those are the two that jump immediately to well, mind. I think Cincinnati's going to be pretty good, and I think people are too quick to be dismissive of Cincinnati as a one-hit wonder um, and, and don't want to advance them very far just because teams don't go back to the Super Bowl. So there are two other – well, three others. One's obvious, Cleveland, and how that process played out since camp opened to now. Dallas also I'd put in. I, I think Dallas is that offensive line injury to Tyron Smith – is bad news for them and down the receivers they're down. I think I, I think I'm picking Philadelphia to win that division in Dallas only to be a wild card and I don't have high expectations for Dallas. So uh, one my perception's lower and one is is heightened a bit. Um, I'll start with the the negative New England yeah, going with you, going dude. into training camp. I would have told you they figure it out. Yeah, they're they're going to figure this out. The, Mac Jones is is a good quarterback. Belichick knows what he's that he knows what he's doing. There will be a clear path of in the final preseason game in Vegas. The frustration on Mac Jones's face after he threw that terrible pick, and it, it was more about the pick, but I think it was a culmination of that how the entire offense was playing. It was it just looks like they're not anywhere close to where they need to be going into Week One against Miami. That's just a a quick observation off of what has been. Four weeks of confusion, quite and, frankly. And uh, going against a Miami team with momentum that's feeling really good about yep. itself. Second, uh, on, on a positive note, it's Arizona, believe it or not. They look good here Ari on Saturday. Arizona is a lot deeper at some positions than what I realized. Receiver, for one. Yeah, and they're going four wide in many cases. Um, you know, Zach Ertz is, is, should be used like a tight end that they traded for last year and, and not just your average run-of-the-mill second string guy and I, I'm, I'm saying that based on how much they threw him the football they should get him the football a lot more they drafted for that position too uh this offseason and at receiver they've got two or three guys who are going to end up as great waiver wire pickups for teams that they have no room for because they're so stacked at the position offensively i think they're they're really intriguing because kyler murray is very hot or cold but if he gets on a run He's capable of putting up some big numbers. He did that first half of the season. Defensively, they are they're not the biggest defense, but they are extremely quick. They are fast. And Isaiah Simmons, watching him move on the field um, in the joint practices here in Nashville, where he can go from edge, he can play the edge, he can play outside linebacker, wide nine, and then they put him at safety. They put him at deep safety 
uh, and cover three. And he's running around like four, 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 five speed. I think it's four, four speed um, at, at the combine. And he is a chess piece. I, I do believe that you need to have a role, like a defined role, a position uh, with him. I, I don't know what they're calling him, but they, he's going to drive opposing offensive nuts because he is all over the place. And I, I think they've got a very athletic defense. I don't know if they're very good against the run, but uh, time will tell with that. We didn't see J.J. Watt and some others uh, play, but they are very athletic on the back end. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I don't have them in the playoffs. Spoiler alert: I don't have them in the playoffs either. I don't. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure, but I, I was impressed with them too. I thought they brought waves, both at receiver and um, a, and with the pass rushers um, on both sides of the ball. They were deeper than I ex- expected them to be. Now, do those bottom end receivers translate? Um, you know, I've seen teams before look really good in um, preseason games right. and joint workouts that don't translate um, as well as I expect them to. So I don't want to overweigh it, but I agree with you on what what I saw looked pretty pretty damn good. Later in the show, I've, I've got a, a a chart that I found for NFL preseason playing time by salary. Yeah, I'm interested in this and. What what it can chart, it's not it's not to be like point fingers at the veteran who's playing, you know, big snaps at a ten million salary, right? It's not like, oh, look at this scrub who is about to get cut. It's more about trying to figure out do, do does the the coaches that the teams that chose to play their vets this amount of minutes in the preseason does it carry over to week one? Does does production actually increase off of the usage of your high-money players? Or is it smart? Or in some cases, is it just uh, out of pure injury concern? Does it really matter that your best players are even out there versus sitting them and making sure they're ready for week one? So we'll, we'll, we'll compare that. Also, there's a crazy stat that was put out last night by someone covering Albert Pujols. Uh, that also links in Serena Williams, who won at the U.S. Open yesterday. We have that and more straight ahead. John McClain coming up in 18 minutes on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Tweet last night by Robert Gordon from Elite Daily. Says this, I'll get through 60 rolls on. Says this, Paul, today's edition of Sports Are Crazy. It's August 29th, 2022. Serena Williams won at the U.S. Open and Albert Pujols hit a home run. This also happened August 29th, 2001. Serena defeated Denise, I'll let you say the last name, in the second round of the Open and Pujols went yard off of David Lundquist. 
I from see. 2001 to 2022. Oh, yeah. Well, I see one here from Dan Clark Sports that August 29th, 2001, Serena wins at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hits a home run. Vlad Guerrero Sr., Craig Biggio, and Dante Bichette all record a hit. August 29th, 2022, Serena Williams wins at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hits a home run. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Kaven Biggio, Bo Bichette all record a hit. So Serena, Albert Pujols, and three sons of guys <laughs> who had a hit in 2001. That's all crazy, man. What, what Pujols is doing, I, mean, I was joking about the juice, but I mean – I mean, I would load up and go for it. If he gets, go for 700. If he gets to 700, so a guy, I mean, he could barely – If he, he was terrible a year ago. When the Dodgers let him go. It was awful. It, it was atrocious. And now all of a sudden – Something miraculous. Every time they put him in the lineup, because they're not playing him every day. No. Um, and you could argue they should play more with how he's hitting it. Um, I'm sure Cardinals fans want that. Um, out of nowhere, he's going to make a run at this. Six, six to go, right? I think so. Uh, it'd be a, a miraculous. How do you not play story. him every day now? I mean, he'd be the only the second non-juiced guy, third non-juiced guy. Sorry to get to seven hundred <laughs> with with uh, Ruth and whom I'm leaving out there. Well, he's got he, so he he now holds the record for the most home runs hit off of the number of pitchers. Ruth and Aaron throughout his uh, career, and I had that pulled up, and now my internet went out. Um, and he'd but, be only the fourth, right? Bonds is the, is the bon, other Yeah, but no one even refers to Bonds. I and mean, I know he's got the record, yeah. but, I mean, if we're having a casual conversation, I can't tell you the last time someone mentioned Bonds' record. No. Ruth and uh, Aaron and Ruth. Pujols, uh, he has homered off of 450 different pitchers Breaking a tie with Barry Bonds for the most in history of Major League Baseball. His longevity is certainly uh, the key to getting the record and the key to to hitting it off that many pitchers, which is a, a ridiculously high number. The other thing would be playing in both leagues, which uh, none of these guys did. But if you crossed leagues and, and made an adjustment, you could you could – get higher in that category right uh over the cap over the cap.com did some digging on salaries of players in the preseason um there are so many numbers here like it, it, i'm not gonna bog everyone down but here here are the highlights so first and foremost the preseason is an absolute joke based on today's news so 60 percent of all of the snaps 45,331 snaps combined this preseason were from 764 players who make veteran minimum or less, which is a million point six or some a million point zero six five or less, which are which are guys that are just there to bang some hats, take your money, and go about their summer and fall. I mean that that's the hard reality and truth of this. However, some teams choose to actually throw their vets, their high-money players in the mix with those guys to get some reps, and some don't. The big takeaways, Paul, for the, the teams that did, the commanders, 
They led the NFL with 35.6 snaps per player, making at least $10 million a season. The Steelers and Jags, both over 34 snaps per player. They also had uh, massive playing time for those between 5 and $10 million as well. They played a vast majority of their roster more than anybody, uh, Steelers and Jags. The Chiefs were the other team over 30 snaps a player for those earning over five, uh, over $10 million, excuse me. So you've got the Bears, Chiefs, and Commanders uh, with the highest percentage of players making $10 million plus per year that are on the field in the preseason. The Cowboys did not play a player for a snap that makes over $5 million in a season, for instance. 87% of the snaps this preseason came from players making $2 million or less. So you're getting the bottom of the barrel of what the NFL has to offer in these games. That's Cowboys or everybody, the 87%? The league, 87%, 2 million or less is what their contract dictates on average per year. That is, that's table scraps. The league is feeding you, acting like, oh, Matt Ryan's starting or Tom Brady's playing in this game. You see him for eight snaps and then you get guys who are going to be trying out for the USFL in the spring. I mean, that's what this is. And when you really dig into the numbers, it's, it jumps out to you, the, the teams that are trying to jumpstart stuff. The Chiefs are intriguing because they, they're in it every year. But there clearly is something about that offense that they want to jumpstart off of whatever the Bengals did to them. Mahomes had a terrible day, and he's leading the charge wanting to play. And he's got a lot of new new stuff. And if he's playing, and minus everybody's hit. playing. Yeah, the line needs to protect him, and he needs to get in sync with those receivers. Be curious. I, I'd like to uh, revisit this after opening weekend. Oh, see yeah. how those teams start. No doubt. And that's where we can really judge. John McClain joins the NFL conversation next on Outkick 360.